everybody welcome back to the whores you know oh wait uh, uh, <laughs> sorry let me try that again hey everybody and welcome back to the horror you know i'm ian i'm ian i'm trent and i'm darren and we have got something very 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 special tonight well in my opinion i absolutely this is gonna sound terrible i love this story <laughs> He loves the word very. It is terrible. It's I, another serial killer. That's I uh, love very this, out of you. I love this story. Uh, I, I don't know why. I, I think it has a lot to do with, like, I like mysteries and thrillers type, like, mm, stories mysteries. and movies. So the movies I like and then the books I read are kind of like horror mysteries, like whodunit type thing, you know? Like, like Scream, mysteries. for example. Oh, yeah. Another cheap plug. It's yeah. a good movie. You guys should check out our episodes on that. Well, do we have one, Trent? What's it, what's it entitled? We have two, and they're called. Ah! <laughs> whoa. Parts whoa, one and two. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> he gave me the cue, okay? <laughs> you know I'm going to do it. You got to warn a guy before <laughs> you do that. woke someone up. I got to stop doing that at 10 p.m. So anyway, this this is about a little movie by the name of Zodiac, and if you didn't know that, then you should have read the title before you clicked on it. Right. That's because I put it in a cipher. No one probably oh, knew what it was called. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hieroglyphics. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Zodiac thing, guys. He does ciphers. Forget you all. Trying to decipher his comedy over here. <laughs> oh! Ooh. Oh. Wow. That's not the one I thought. That's not the one I was going for. Wait, what were you going for? Rimshot. <laughs> yes. There we go. Hell. <laughs> Oh, oh god this went off the rails fast like as it normally does so um zodiac 2007 david fincher i want to say is the director of this movie star-studded cast very well-known actors lots of studs yeah. jake jake yellenhall um and then mark ruffalo mm-hmm. uh tony stark no, so the Hulk. So, I kept saying right, that. Man. Technically, yes, it, it is basically the Avengers. All right, how familiar before you watch this movie? How familiar with this story was anybody in here? Now, I'm sorry, Darren. I'm gonna look at you again because, like, again, you're you're well. As always, older. when you do these, you know, I know the story. He is the horror, you know. So uh, I'm saying, like, when I, you were growing up, was this a popular story? <laughs> no. Not at all. When you were alive, back when, when these you, killings were happening. Why are you asking this? When you were, when you were, when you were, when you were around in California during yeah. the seventies, murdering all these people. When I was from Yuba City, California, we heard a little <laughs> bit about it in our little Yuba City paper. Now, now, did we talk about not, this last time? I think we talked about this when we started our Gainesville Ripper story. Mm-hmm. That you said that a lot of these stories about serial killers weren't nearly as popular everywhere as they are now when they were first in the night in the 80s and 90s yeah. now i don't know back in the 50s and 60s where there are less news stories maybe okay about serial killers i mean you gotta remember they didn't even know what a serial killer was when these murders happened okay yeah that's true if you watch mind hunter those uh fbi agents and oh, and people i love that show bring it back netflix you piece of shit yeah. anyway we mm. almost didn't get a season two and i was i was bummed about that um not to kind of get into too much of that, but Mindhunters, did you prefer season one or two? Two. I See, like I kind of did two. I, kinda, I like season two. Season one was really well done, but season two is slightly yeah. better. That Mindhunter fans over here, you guys watched it? <laughs> Me and Ian were just both like... <laughs> Have you guys seen it? No. no. I know what you're talking about, though. It's good, though. Great show. Really you good. need to watch it. Well, very well done. Um, kind of has this same feel to it. In, in my opinion, Zodiac kind of seems like... Um, like it was an inspiration for a lot of future films going forward. I see um, David Fincher was a well-known director anyway. has done a lot of things, but I'm saying like shows like that. And then the movie, uh, the didn't little... David, didn't David Fincher, isn't he 
a producer on Mindhunter, or he's he's he might have been, yeah, he, he, he might be. So that could be Fact why they're telling on that internet. How do you the, not watch the, shit and then you know everything about the backstory? <laughs> yeah. Well, I haven't seen it, but I know that his mom. Well, now, wait a minute, it. I'm pretty sure his third cousin's sister's dog. It's my role on this show. <laughs> he reads. I do. I re- I peruse. Now the only things I knew about uh, Zodiac going into the movie were I saw an episode on Forensic Files about it, so. I'm sure they weren't able to cover much of it in the whole 23 minutes. Yeah, that's not nearly enough time. Uh, So, the story starts off... Actually, this is not how the story starts off. This is how I'm starting the story off. There is more to this story. I don't think it's necessary to go all the way back to the beginning. So, I'm going to kind of David Fincher this bitch and... and, uh, So, you're the Zodiac is what you're telling us. (laughs) No, this isn't the Zodiac speaking. So this this story starts off very similar to the movie. So um, I'll give you a quick, really quick backstory on the first the first like actual killings were David Arthur Faraday, age seventeen; Betty Lou Jensen, age sixteen. They were shot and killed on December twentieth, nineteen sixty eight, on Lake Herman Road. Okay, so that's kind of the beginning. There's there's more, but I'm gonna start with the Michael the Michael Renault Majo. He was 19. Darlene Elizabeth Farron was 22. These two are the ones in the beginning of the movie. Who she goes to pick him up. He runs out to the car. Quick side note: Does anybody recognize that actor? He looked familiar, but I didn't. He was Mickus in Boy Meets World. And uh-huh. if anybody, uh, you're right. If anybody watched uh, that show, that old CW show, um, One Tree Hill, he was mouth on that show. Wow. Yeah. Good call, Minkus. Minkus. The more you know. That's right. So this is how I know they're younger than me because I've never learned seen things already. That's how we roll. <laughs> uh, Boy meets world. Boy meets world. That was that was a good show, man. Mm-hmm. Probably out of college. Sweet Topanga. Sweet. You'd already met thing. you'd already met the world at that point. Yeah. You didn't need to watch it. <laughs> I was living in it. He wasn't a boy. He was just meeting the world. <laughs> so these two, I do remember Topanga, the girl that played her. Yeah, remember seeing her. She's, She's very. very yes. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're okay. So she goes and picks him up. He gets in the car. They drive out to like this Lovers Lane type type situation, right? Uh, this make out point over overlooking overlooking the hillside and whatnot. Um, this is ironically on July fourth, nineteen sixty nine. The sparks were flying. Uh, this was in Blue Rock Springs Park in Vallejo. Okay, so in the movie, he mentions the fact that she has a husband. Okay, so married woman takes this this boy. It's very which, odd to me because she clearly was like a young teenager. She had braces. She was not very old. She did him. symbolize a much younger woman than what she... Was she older in real life? Yeah, she was 22. Okay. He was 19. Then they did not need to make her look like a young so she yeah, yeah, At least she they did, didn't have to include... She could still have braces at 22. I'm not saying you can. It just was very well, then, like... And in 1969, I don't know if that was more popular. Darren, you were alive back then. How, yeah, how... yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> um, sure. When they when they go to this point, this makeout point, lovers lane, whatever you want to call it, there's there's like this kind of creep factor to it. I thought, and, and even if it's not a horror movie, like there's there's the punk kids, like teens, sitting over here next to him, lighting off sp- uh, uh, fireworks and stuff, and then they just leave, and it's just them sitting there. And I don't know about you guys. I don't know, like growing up, like if you if you went and hung out with girls and like situations like this, but like that uh, or guys, Trent, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to strike a nerve. It's just, I I guess what I'm trying to say is, my mind anywhere I go, like if I'm in the woods hanging out, if I'm doing this, I'm always thinking like, and and I know I'm crazy, but I'm always thinking of every scenario to where like I want to know my exits. Like I just think something's gonna come running out of that woods. Even that's because you grew like, up with Ian Wells. That's that's Damn true. Right, I've been training him all his life for this. And if you don't know who that is in a few years, you will. We'll I do promise an ep- you. We'll do an episode we'll, on him. He'll be on the horror you know as a mm-hmm. as a serial killer by then. Damn right. So I guess I guess like I I think if I'm sitting in somebody's house, 
at somebody's house and I'm at a bonfire, I'm automatically thinking the worst. Like somebody's going to come running out of the woods with a chainsaw or something. And that's the weird part. Like, I'm not scared. I'm just like, I'm fucking prepared if anybody's. Do I think you, I've watched too do many Do you movies. feel like that while you're sitting in Mean's basement? No, I actually feel very at home, very safe here. I keep feeling like that girl beside you is just going to come alive and get you. She's got no arms or <laughs> legs. We should, we should point out it's not a real girl, right? <laughs> it's For not a real girl. It's not? It's not anymore. It used to be. <laughs> well, so... Are you sure that's not a real woman? So, alright. Apparently nobody else thinks the way I think by the way you guys are looking at me like I'm batshit crazy. I used to go out all the time to to lovers lanes with my girlfriends or we would go thank you we would go to we would go to like drive-ins that's where we like met up which ironically they came from a drive-in yeah so madison indiana you have the riverfront however which i found weird they go from a drive-in to make out at lover's lane when you could just make out at the drive-in that's what they were for yes literally (laughs) you can either watch the movie or you can make out true want some privacy, maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a drive-in, so <laughs> you yeah, have dri- privacy. It's a drive-in in the movie. Are you talking about the restaurant drive-in, or did they? Was were they actually at the? It was a restaurant. It, okay. They went from a restaurant, but they called. They called it a drive-in. She was starving. She said, but then she wanted to leave. It was like Mr. Edge, or something. <laughs> right? Because it was going to take too long. Yeah. But then when they get up on the hill, like, she's not hungry anymore. It. it well, that she was hungry for something. Hungry for something. <laughs> she was hungry for some dick. <laughs> So, so he said uh, dick like yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get that duck. So, did any, did anybody else notice like when the car pulls up, one of them says, "Wasn't that the car that was at the restaurant?" Or yeah. So it almost seemed like this person was following them. So naturally, uh, Minkus thinks that um, it's not his real name. Michael Majo, he thinks this could be the husband, right? That's okay. Like, obviously, that's where your mind would go. So, when they're sitting there and then the car pulls up behind them, kind of shines its lights on them, they sit there for a minute, they're kind of creeped out, and then the car drives off, Mm -hmm. right? Car drives off, they're kind of freaked out, they hear squealing of tires, car turns around and comes back, okay? In the real story... There was a 10-minute lapse in between time. That car came, parked, pulled up next to them, parked for like a second, and immediately backed out and drove off. It didn't sit there for any prolonged time. It wasn't like it sat there for a minute long enough for them to have a conversation. The car pulled up almost like they were just basically pulling in and then pulling a U-turn and backing out and turning around. But I'm not so sure they went the way they came. They, They just drove off. And at least like eight to ten minutes passes by. Car comes back. I would be gone. Pulls up exactly. That, but maybe maybe you don't leave initially when the car pulls off because you're trying to have a private. Well, it also depends moment. on how. I mean, it's dark, so I mean they probably don't get a good look at who's in the car. Well, he had. And he's probably not there. He long said enough. in the movie, he said, "Let's get out of here," and she just sits there and doesn't even try yeah. to start up. And the she should have let Minkus drive because he even said, "Like he's like, hey, let me drive, baby." Was he old enough? Uh, he looked fourteen. He was nineteen. <laughs> he was old enough to know they need to get the hell out of there. Still too young to care. So, the car drives off. Car comes back, and did you guys get the vibe before you saw the rest of the movie? And and they start to kind of go into this. Did you guys get the vibe when the car came back? The way that when he walked up and he was like, "Yeah, he really freaked us out." Did you get the vibe that they've seen this man before? That they kind of knew who he was. No, I, I didn't I initially. Felt like no. they thought he was a cop. Okay, I felt that was just his nervous way of being like, yeah, "Hey, you know, hey, who are, are you, you walking up here? Kind of like, creeping us, I, breaking the ice or something." Okay, well. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I I took it as like, but again, I'm super into this story, and the person ends up shooting through through. I almost called him Daniel. The person ends up shooting through Michael, hitting hitting a. There's so many names here. Darlene, shooting through Michael hits Darlene. He shot Michael so many times that the bullets went through him into her. He turns around to leave. As he turns around to leave, he hears Michael kind of whimpering. Turns around, goes back, pops them both twice apiece. 
turns around, gets in the car, leaves. Michael survives. The woman, Darlene, is amazing. does not. Exactly. Because he took the first initial shots in the movie and in the well, original Did he get story. shot? Like, why didn't he shoot him in the head? He got shot in the jaw. He got shot. He, he got shot, yeah, in the in the okay. story. Well, I think I in, the, in the movie, they made it look like he got shot in the neck. In the real life, he got shot in the jaw. But in the real life, he got shot in the jaw. I think maybe two shots to the yeah. jaw. Well, I guess I mean up. that, and I'm obviously thank God he survived. But like, if he went back to like double tap and make sure he was dead, I guess why then would you not put one in the back of his head or something? I mean, I don't know. I'm not. Well, I think to, at that point, in, in Wells, the, why don't you do? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> well, at that point in the movie, he crawls to the back seat. Remember? Yeah, I'm talking about the real life. But yeah, in the movie, yeah, we like to aim for the biggest target, Trent, which is sending mass, not the head. I don't know, but at that, but I want to look at you. But every time I look at you, I move away from the mic. So I'm gonna just do this weird thing out of my corner of my eye. <laughs> I understand what you're saying, but what if somebody's dormant? What if they're sitting still in a car though? Wouldn't it be easier to shoot them in the head? Yeah, you it you would think right? Probably would be. Yeah. So, and they're not far from you. You're point blank. Right, so and don't, um, don't have, they don't have anywhere to move really. Yeah. So so Farron. I don't think she died initially. I think uh, she was pronounced dead on arrival at the hospital. And again, this is all based on a true story. Obviously, as we know, I think Fincher did a really good job of setting up an opening scene. Oh yeah. It was based, it was based on, on a true story. As I keep saying, what is the word I'm looking for? It was, it was, it was true to the original story. He, he obviously is going to have to doctor some things for Hollywood, but at the same time, I think he did a really good job. Well, I read a fun following, fact following the, and I'm sorry if this is in your notes, but I just read it earlier. I heard that he only put killings in the film in which there were either a witness or a survivor, so that he would not make it. Because that's the only way it would have made sense. Yeah, because he didn't want. Yeah, because he wanted. Because how would somebody else know what happened if nobody was around to witness it? So yeah. you don't see any kills in the movie where there wasn't a survivor or a witness. He did a nice. really good job of sticking to I the didn't story. Think about that. So now. This is July 4th, 1969. I was 12. You were (laughs) old enough to be a killer. Summer of 69. So, did you get your first real six string? I did. Sorry, Ian. Where'd you buy it? It was a Tennessee flat top box. Did you buy it at the five and dime? People died. We're sorry. I'm, Let's I'm, get back. I'm, I'm so sorry. I think altogether ten shots were filed. Uh, filed. Fired mm. is the word. Ten shots were filed under murder. That's true. So in the movie, the boy's on his back with the uh, with his feet kind of um, hanging off the car. The girl was on the right side, feet to the west. I'm pretty sure all that's pretty accurate in the in the story. Um, the Send in some notes, they being the Zodiac serial killer, which in the first note, not identified as the Zodiac, okay? It just starts telling details of the story, what I just said, how the boy was sitting, how the woman was killed over on her right side. Um, So he sends that in. There are three main newspapers in this area, okay? One of them is the Vallejo Times Herald, the San Francisco San Francisco Chronicle, excuse me, and the San Francisco Examiner. So the San Francisco Examiner, or the Examiner for short, is where your Robert Downey Jr.'s, which is Paul, works, and uh, Robert, which is Robert Greystone, which is Jake Gyllenhaal's character, okay, who's a cartoonist. Um, they all work at the Examiner. They get three notes. They're not all the same notes. They're very similar to each other, but they're not all identical. He goes into detail about the killings and even says uh, the brand name of the ammo, which was Super X, and uh, how they were laying, how they were sitting and everything. Okay? So you got those. He's he's sending in these, these ciphers. And the ciphers... Uh, were broken into three sections with eight lines, 17 symbols, no numbers or clues broken into different languages, okay? Many different languages through this. So on the first one, there's no I am the Zodiac or my name is type. This is just 
I am the person responsible for these killings. I did not write down verbatim exactly what it said in the notes because you've, if, if you're here, you've probably seen the movie. If not, watch the movie or look it up because there's a there's a lot to these notes. So because you were afraid we'd match the handwriting. To Ian. Yes. Bum, bum. Oh, we don't have that sound yet, do we? <laughs> we, don't, yeah, we don't have that one. We don't bum, have that bum, one. Bum. So you've got all these codes and everything. So 12 hours after the code is published, a couple in Salinas, California, named Donald and Betty Harden, they attempted. Three days later, they cracked the code. Three days later, these, FBI these, <laughs> these untrained people, civilians, cracked the code. Okay? Three days later. And and some of it was just them being like amateur sleuths, but just using common sense, like the word "kill." They figured "kill" would be in there, so they looked for that. Well, didn't they say they were like professors? So obviously yeah. they're very smart people. Yeah, too. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's, like that's true. That's true. I don't know if that was true or if that was just added for the movie, but. But I mean, I still, don't know. That, I know they were teachers. You, I didn't know they were professors. Te- I well, read maybe, that they were teachers. Maybe teachers. Maybe that's what. Which they said. I guess a professor is a teacher, but like I don't know how educated their teaching becomes. What do you say professor means? I don't professor know. I, w- I would say I would crack that code. <laughs> Think you can crack it? I-, I could look for the word kill pretty easy. Mm-hmm. So Me too. So. <laughs> my God. <laughs> he's such a pussycat, but he acts like he's evil. I love it. So when they when they do, when they do, like, they crack this, they crack such this code, nice right? And they get, they get more letters, more, more creepy. I am the Zodiac, the Zodiac symbol, which is... The circle with the crosshair in it, right? Circle with the crosshair. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I would say like hysteria is starting to build a little bit. I wasn't there, but you know, I would imagine. Um, however, and I keep forgetting, I know we we all know a lot about this shit now. But as as a uh, we have talked about in previous podcasts, when I talked to Aaron about earlier during the same podcast uh, or the same episode. Not as well known at the time. When things are happening in that area at the time, it's not as widespread like worldwide, right? So this first killing happens. They send in the notes and everything. This killer, once he sends in all these all these notes and all that shit, like it starts to get kind of... Because if you guys remember correctly in the movie, he's saying, basically, I want you to take take these letters and publish them in all three of your newspapers. I want them all on the front page. Well, the examiner runs it on page four. Okay. And he says basically that if they don't, if they don't do this, if you don't, if you don't do exactly what I tell you, get your hand off that pole. If you don't do exactly what I tell you, then he's going to start killing people. He's going to he's going to go on basically a kill spree and he's going to drive around um I'm sorry, he's going to cruise around all weekend killing lone people in the night, then move on to kill again until they end up with a dozen people over the weekend. Okay? Lone people, he's going to drive around killing lonely people in the middle of the night. That means you and I are done, sir. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Unless we're walking together. <laughs> I think we're your, your late night Taco Bell runs are out at this oh, point. There's a killer. It's, it's mid. So I will I will say something I didn't say a minute ago, and I'm going to touch on this a few times. It's Trent. I'm going to touch him a few times. Stop touching me. Quit. Majo did describe the killer because he actually... Here's the thing. I've read conflicting reports. I've read he got to look at him. I read he didn't go to look at him because the, when he walked up, he was shining a flashlight in his eyes. And he said it was just kind of a profile look that he got of him, so he didn't really get a good look. But the way he kind of described was a male, 26 to 30 years old, 195 to 200 pounds, uh, 5'8", white, with short, light, curly hair. I'll tell you why this is a problem in a moment. The second murder, or attempted murder... I should say, on one of these people. It... Is this the couple by the lake? It is the couple by the lake. This this takes place, now remember, July 4th. This one is in September. September 27th, 1969, at Lake Berryessa. This is the couple 
Brian Calvin Hartnell, 20, Cecilia Ann Shepard, 22. Now, so far in both of these scenarios, these men have been going after older women. Not by a lot, <laughs> but the man the man has been younger. I don't know if that was popular back then, but for me growing up, the woman was usually younger than the man. Well, it's California, man. But I'm saying, like, Cougar Central is, of the does United it, States. Do you think this has anything to do? Was it so common back then? And do you think he's targeting, like... I think he was definitely targeting couples. I don't know if he would have been so detailed as to know the ages of the couples or not, but maybe. Okay. Well, as you notice, as they're in the movie, um, the story's pretty similar. He says that he being Brian, uh, says that they're laying there by the lake. This is the lake. The machine knows what it's doing. (laughs) So uh, they're laying there by the lake. As they're laying by the lake, she notices somebody. Why are you looking at me like that? She notices somebody lurking in the shadows, kind of like Ian's lurking at me right now. And he's standing behind a tree, and she points out the fact that somebody's standing behind a tree, and then he walks toward them. He's got the whole getup on. He's got the mask. He's got the black shirt. and He's, he's branded got, himself at this yes, point. Yes, he's got the necklace on and everything. So the necklace with the symbol of the Zodiac. So he comes toward him. Uh, he he has hurt. Well, he basically, he, he ties him up. He speaks... So Brian actually gets to hear him talk and then he ties them both up. He tells them that he escaped from some prison in Montana or something like that. Right. So he tells them this and says he wants their wallet and keys. This whole story is so weird to me because it seems so fucking unnecessary that he would tell them this. You know what I mean? You're, you're about to, you're about to stab these people to death more than likely. Mm hmm. Like, you know what you're doing. You're there for a reason. That that there's, but at the same time, I just think there's something about serial killers that have to get it out of their system in some way. Like, not to jump ahead, but like when he told the lawyer or uh, the housekeeper later on about how it was his birthday and he had to kill people. Yeah, but I feel like that was a moment of weakness. We'll get to that. I I, I see what you mean though, but at the same time, like he wore a mask. Why would you wear a mask? Because you don't want anybody to know who you are, right? Or it's just part of the spectacle. Yeah, but... And, yeah? No, I I understand what you're saying, but it was literally, like, the only time in the story he wore one. So, like, if you know you're going out to kill somebody to death, like, that's your intention, you're going to kill them. Why would you put on a mask? They're not going to be able to identify you anyway. And if you think that there's somebody going to live... Well, I'm about to tell you more of a story here in a minute where there are many scenarios where he doesn't wear a mask. Which leads me to believe maybe this is not the same man. That I'm I'm not going off anybody this is this is my two cents, okay? Because why when would he you wore go, the mask was it towards the beginning? Right? Of the movie? Just Towards the beginning of him starting off doing all this stuff. Yeah, now there know. there have been other murder mad yes. There have been other murders. Um there have been some of that speculation though, like the, the other murders Exactly. That's why I didn't really, want to incorporate all yeah, of those they're not because really totally some of them have been proven. I was gonna say some of them have been proven not to do jack shit with this story. Well, so I was I was only asking because uh, it's quite common to see like serial killers will well they develop just like anybody else does in their This guy though, I don't think is career. He, he's not somebody that's like your normal serial killer, like head trauma, has stuff in his past. We don't know exactly what's in his past for sure. Because, I mean, even though, you know, things have recently come about to where maybe it was Well, this it's person, funny because but... in the movie they do mention something about head trauma. Yeah. Like, more than likely exactly. head trauma. And, like, we had talked about that before yeah. about serial killers and But this dude, it, it seems like he's not one of those people that are a ramp-up serial killer. He's, like, he's methodical. He's trying these ciphers. He definitely wants to show that he's smarter than everybody he belittles the cops at every chance he gets. He belittles the intelligent people that he's trying to reach out to at every chance he gets. 
yet he writes these weird like run-on sentence misspelled word letters that sometimes are rambling is that and i'm talking like blatantly misspelled like blatantly like Chris like yeah stuff like that so it's funny because like he'll add extra letters to words that are not commonly misspelled they're not hard yeah. hard words like the christmas thing like the christmas thing yes yeah. um which there was another one that i can't remember the word but it was a common word and it started with an s but he wrote it with a c I can't remember what the word yeah, was. Yeah, and that's so. what I'm saying. Little shit like that to where it's just like, okay, well, there's no way you don't know how to spell that. Yeah. Uh, however, I have been I have been on Madison Local Gossip a few times. Oh, and seen yeah, the let's not talk about <laughs> the spelling of yeah, adults. Seen, seen, seen how that's some of those things play out. Uh, but go to back to your point, though. I mean, it's like you're saying that there could possibly, because there's – he uses a knife as opposed to a gun and he yeah. really talks about weaponry and guns. This is one where he dressed up and he made it more theatrical. It wasn't really in the same type of area. It was way off in the, by that lake in the country. I mean, it was kind of different feel to it. Right. He was fighting his ID as a, as the serial killer yeah. he wanted to be. So he tried some things. He tried the mask that didn't work out for but him. But maybe he wanted to do that at the very beginning to get that in people's minds. He wanted that branding because at first he called himself something different, right? And then Zodiac, after the second letter. I think or the, the second letter. letter. Yeah, yeah, the second letter is when he brands himself. This is the Zodiac speaking. So he's, mm-hmm. he's now figuring out this is the way I want to appear. And I think it was, I think it was him because the letters after that had so much detail and they attributed the letters to him. With well, the not way only the, yeah, the letters. And then, um, the scene of the crime shows in the movie, which this is taken from the story as well. The car had markings on it and it had the date of, uh, the July 4th shooting. It had a few things. And honestly, I'm pretty sure it, it, it even had, a another murder before that pinned on it now again this whole story one of the reasons i think like maybe it's multiple people which i'll get into later but the reason i'm thinking like maybe some of this is kind of a copycat thing is this dude is kind of full of shit throughout the throughout the movie and throughout the story in general you'll notice he's full of shit he claims to have killed like 37 people which and again in the movie like Paul even calls him out on it saying he's full of shit. He says in the first few notes that he sends in the first few letters that he sends in, there's a lot of detail, a lot of detail that only he can know. Right. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden he just starts saying things that you could easily read in the, in the newspaper in, in the examiner, for example, all of the shit's there and he's taking credit for it at this point. There's no real proof at that point. You're like, He's like North You're Korea. You're thinking like <laughs> he's just trying to stay relevant and take credit for things he's not actually doing. So it should have fed him false information through the paper. Well, it goes back to him being a yeah. They should have. It goes back to him being an egoist though. Like he he wants to he wants this fame and to know he's smarter than them and he's getting away with it whether he does the crime or not. He's just wanting to keep it because he. I mean, all the letters that he kept on sending later on, like after five six years. He'd send another one or something else would come out down the road. It's like they'd already effing forgot about him. And then he wants that fame again. So he just keeps on pulling it back up. So not even two weeks after this, two weeks after this is San Francisco, October 11th, 1969. A man shoots a cab driver. Okay. Now the story of this is basically what I just said. A man shoots a cab driver. Okay. There's, there's, I mean, this is not the MO. It's not a couple, right? This isn't, this isn't the normal MO of a couple being shot or um, even targeted. This is, this is a man who is just driving a cab. Like, gets in a cab, tells him where he wants to go. They drive. Uh, in the movie, he pulls off to the side, parks the car. Um, the man known as Zodiac shoots him in the back of the head. Okay. Shoots him, reaches forward, does something. We gets out. 
I know I saw that too. Gets out, goes over to the driver's side, does something, leaves. So, across the street, over on the same side of the car is parked, there are three teenagers living in a house with their parents. The three teenagers hear it, call in while that like he's shot the guy they hear it they go to the window he's still out there he's still out there moving around doing whatever the hell he's doing out there so as they're on the phone calling in this crime the crime is still taking place he leaves this man casually walks away from the scene of a crime okay so at this point this is Paul Lee Stein, okay? This is the cab driver who gets shot. It's just it's just crazy to me, this this whole story, okay? This this one specifically. So as we talked, this Zodiac, full mask, full get up, targets this couple, second couple in a row. That's two couples in a row that the man has survived, the woman has died. Okay? Could be a coincidence. But at the same time, it's, it's, I went back to the original, um, murder being, did, did they know him? Was it personal? Like, like what, like what was going on there? Was this a random couple? Was the second couple random? Why is it, why is he so much more brutal toward the women than he is the men? Does he want the men to live? He just wants to inflict pain. I don't know. So the cab driver to me is so fucking random. Like what, like why this guy and why does he have him drive him around in a cab only to like park on the side of the road shoot the guy get out by the time the police arrive the park's near there right they they say that in the movie mm-hmm. he walks by through the park he has two officers walk right by him like almost to the point where like they could they 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 saw him they don't stop him. They let him go. He casually walks off, walks into this house in the same neighbor in the same area. So if that's the story, why to me, it's like he's on his way home. He randomly decides, or maybe he, he planned on doing it, whatever. I'm going to shoot this guy. He shoots him. And then he walks into a house is this his house? Why would like, should we be exploring this area more? You guys understand where I'm going with this? Like, mm-hmm. do you think this is random or do you think he actually lives in this area? And he just happened to be like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to shoot this guy. And then not only that, but like he has two police officers walk right by him. He fits the description of the man they're looking for. However, they don't know that at the time because for some reason dispatch has told them they were looking for an African American man. Of course. A black man. <laughs> yep. so, sounds about right. That's Not it. even close to the description. He, bore, he was dressed in all black, I guess. Well, see, that's the thing. Uh, well, doesn't he even like, or at least in the movie, when he in his next letter or phone call, I can't remember now, but he's like taunting them basically, saying like, you guys could have found me easily if you yeah. just looked over here. I was in the park or wherever he was. Yeah. I, I walked right by those two pigs or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and there was two blocks away from the scene of the crime. Yeah. So there's so, definitely some ego for sure in that killing. Maybe he just wanted to see well, that's, how... Well, that's another thing too. You are talking about what's the motive behind it. And I think his randomness, because, you know, this was before the uh, Tate-LaBianca murders and stuff like that. So, And we really didn't quite know what serial killing was yet. And it seems like, to me personally, that this guy was less about motive somewhat and was more about how to get away with it and, and the, the psychology behind getting away with it. And it's like he was trying to create chaos even when... You know, you're going to talk about here in a minute the letters about the children and the bus. And, mm. I mean, it's like he's trying to make it as random in my mind as possible. Because if he got it to where he was just killing teenagers or just killing couples, Didn't they would he pick say on that, that really too, quick. That he he had a pattern, but he had to change it up or exactly. something before the. Because he, I mean, because somebody was going to stop him from doing what he needed to do, so he can so he can get his slaves. It's collecting those slaves because he yeah. believed that he was collecting slaves for an afterlife and everybody was going to serve him 
So, which I think is bullshit too. I think that's just another, another bullshit, another reason. thing that he's just telling the population to get a more fear response out of them through the media. Is what sure. I'm thinking. I don't think he really believed that for a second. Just like the son of Sam, which we'll probably have on an episode later, you know, he didn't believe his bullshit either. They realized he was pretty confident. He wasn't psychotic and crazy. So you think like it was thought. just part of his show? I think it was. I think it was a mental show, in my opinion, so far. Let's go. Keep going. Maybe I'll change it. So the uh, two officers, they, they stroll along going east on Jackson Street. Uh, they Well, they see a man walking going east on Jackson Street. He disappears in one of the houses. The man has a similar description described by the teens. The problem was, like I said, they were looking for an African-American man. The teens had described the man as basically, I mean, again, these are from teens, and they are in a building. They can't, they can't fully see exactly what's going on. But I want to say the description they kind of give is a man who's about 5'8". Um... 150 to 200 pounds, you know, somewhere in the ballpark of this. Uh, crew cut glasses. Did the first one to say glasses? No, the first one wasn't a crew cut. It was short brown curly hair as well. But again... But it was how many years But before? again... One or two? Oh, no, it wasn't even... No. Uh, the first one was July 4th, 1969. And we are talking... Was the cab the same o- year? It was October 11th, uh, 1970, 1969. No, this is the same, yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember 69. if it was the same year or not. Well, and that brings up another interesting thing from the movie side because, and maybe you get into it, but like, did you all notice there were definitely different actors portraying the killer in these scenes. Yes. And I know that was by intention on David Fincher's part. Right, because we don't know exactly. But like, even though he doesn't focus up close to where you can see them, he does show them in enough, like in some scenes to where you could at least kind of get an idea of what they look like. And like, the guy in the the cab scene. Yeah. The the, the way they walk, even their build, even the guy that wore the all black at the, at the two by the lake, you know, he definitely had a different build and voice than the actor that they ended up suspecting. And even the guy in the cab scene had a different look about him too. So it's just I thought that was really interesting. Then it did show him one time doing the limp and then when they questioned But then the they showed the limp and then the other guy had a limp. But then the girl and I don't want to jump too far ahead in your story, but the girl that he picks up in the car No I'm just kidding. (laughs) Is the actor. So I just thought it's like you could tell that, even though they don't show him, you could tell it was Yeah, him. you could definitely tell that was him. I agree with you on that, too. I noticed that, too. And, uh, Which I love that actor. I feel like he's always the creepy guy. He's always guy. a creep and everything, but he's, <laughs> he's so... He's, he's, in a, so he's, he was Drew Carey's brother. You're talking about brother, Drew Carey's brother. No, that's what I was... But he was uh, uh, his sister, too, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> he dressed like a woman yeah. in the show. That's how good of an actor he is, because he seems like a real nice, like just huggable kind of nice guy but he also can be really creepy the, too. The, the clown balding guy that worked in the mechanic shop or whatever yeah 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 so clown in American Horror Story no he plays Twisty yeah that's awesome <laughs> he plays Twisty he's, the, he's one of those guy. actors that pops up in a lot of things that you probably don't realize yeah. until you're watching it yep. he's wow. like that and he's usually the creep in that usually pretty creepy but he's a great actor I love that actor well, he's, John he's Carroll the, Lynch creepiest american horror story characters ever been he was also the he's probably been in a few seasons he was the serial killer he was mr the, jangles mm-hmm. or whatever it yeah. was in that one. The 80s season it started off so good uh, anyway the jingle man something like jingle that killer jingle, jingle bell, jingle bell really really bad comb over <laughs> yes uh so so crime scene photos are um the Windwalker size 10 boots. Uh, they might have been 10 and a half. Uh, th- now, these are only purchased um, in military DXs. Can't buy these without military documents, right? So they've got this story narrowed down, or this killer narrowed down to he's a former military man. Uh, he wears size 10 and a half boots. That ought to be easy to pinpoint. Fucking wrong. Now, every suspect that comes out of the woodworks is one branch of the military. 
that wears the same size. Yeah, that's boots. still a lot of people. So I'm like, ten, that ten and a half is a fairly common size. Yeah, for six foot tall. Person. But I guess they thought, uh, for some reason back then, ten and a half, you can only get these in the military. But for John Carroll military Lynch, out, that's a big guy. That's yeah, true. Ten, ten and, and a half, half for a man that size. So come on, David Fincher. Come on now. So well, now also like you could. You don't have to buy them in the in, on the base either. I mean, you can get them in consignment shops. I'm sure. I'm sure ex military sells that crap all the time because you can still now, now buy yard, it. yard sale, right? Oh, the old hand me downs. Go to army supply store. You can buy them. So on October 27, 1969, there's a caller into the Jim Dunbar Morning Show, whose special request does anybody remember? Herman and the Hermits. No. <laughs> what was his request? Talk about the mighty Quinn. He wanted to speak to the uh, attorney. Is that what you're talking about? The attorney. F. Who? Lee Bailey. Was it like Bailey? Martin or Hold Melvin? On. Something? I've, I've got his name written down. I, I wrote it down. Brian Cox. Let's call him Brian. Brian Cox, but what's... Hold on a second. I've got his name in here. I was literally looking at it a moment ago. Need me I to, feel like I'm in the basement at the end of the movie right now. Do you need me to IMDb it? No, 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 no. Too late. No, don't do it. Mm-hmm. I've got it. It's, it's in here. Tell me, it's like Melvin something. It's Melvin Belly? Belly? Is it Ely? Eli? Eli? B-E-L-L-I. Belly. It's Belly. It's Melvin Belly, right? We'll go with that. No, don't ask me on how to pronounce a name. But is his name Melvin? It's Melvin, yeah. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> recap. Or Marvin. I've heard it both ways. <laughs> he wants to talk to Melvin Belight. Now, not only is he an attorney, but he was also like an author and an actor. Okay, did you know that? He said he was on an episode of Star Trek. Yeah, so that's, that, that's, that's all factual. He so, said that in the movie? Yeah. So on that. October 27, 1969, somebody calls in the Jim Dunbar show... They know he's going to call. They ask the whole audience, like, please don't call so much. Shut up. So he calls in, and do you guys remember this scene? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the voice. Was not the same voice. Was not the same voice, especially. Um, Didn't they say it ended up being like a mental patient or something? Yeah, and uh, Brian wasn't his name. By the leg that got shot, he says he even says the same thing. He's like, "No, it's not the same voice. That this voice was much higher." So it does end up like he's he's complaining about headaches and he's just he's acting very schizophrenic. Yeah, very, very much unlike our boy, right? So essentially, they find out he's a mental patient that called and is basically just fucking with these guys. So then Zodiac takes it upon himself to write a letter saying, Yeah, that wasn't me that called in the Jim Dunbar show. So yeah, well we kinda we kinda gathered that. <laughs> so uh I, I like I like that part of the story uh in the movie. I mean obviously this whole thing I don't mean to sound like a serial killer. This whole thing is just kinda fascinating to me, but like it just just this it's just crazy that this is a real story that this this shit actually happened and then March 22nd, 1970. Now, these are all things that are months apart from each other. This is the Highway 132 scene near Modesto. Uh, A woman is flagged down, very much like the movie. He's flashing his lights. He's honking. He's trying to get her attention. She pulls over. Now, in the movie, she pulls over, and she has what with her in the front seat, Trent? A little baby. little baby, Okay. She has a baby, and... Which, by the way, means you were alive. Is that how babies rode in cars back in the 60s? I used to ride in the the back window, so yes, that's true. (laughs) Sometimes I still do. I really did. Used to sit in the back window. As there, a baby? There, there like, was, I'm not expecting any great kid, car no, seats from back then, but like just throw it in a blanket in the front seat. Like that's that's probably, what I was expecting to see the baby driving with a cigar hanging out of it. That now. is probably fairly accurate because they didn't have like probably those types of seat guy, or anything that we have now until like 1985. So, <laughs> Sweetie, you should pull over. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> you look at you look at all the cars before '85. The seat belts were lap belts, and they were only in the front seat. When you had them in the back seat, yeah, it's just. 
didn't have them. It's the, crazy. The amount of vehicular casualties back explains then. that generation. Well, every, everybody lot. like drove like fifty. Like nobody drove seventy five to eighty five now. They can't drive fifty five. <laughs> <laughs> so Mm-mm. he flags her down. <laughs> Needs was, not, Needs was not alive in the 60s, by the way. No, the 70s. Point that out. Are you sure? It's, I mean, I guess like, description. I've never seen his birth certificate. Okay, so the, the jokes are over about my age. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you're old, and they pull, <laughs> he, she pulls over. She, uh, the guy comes up, says her tire looks loose. Which is weird. Not, Which a, is, yeah, not as loose as I'm about to make it, though. Yeah. <laughs> So that's a weird thing because, like, you can tell when something's going on with your tire. Yeah. And if your tire is loose, you're going to be able to tell. And I get it. She was a single mom. She was driving uh, to her mother's late at night. She was a little loose herself. She was. She had to cut loose, foot loose. So he tells her he's going to go fix the car. He goes back there. He actually loosens the lug nut. And in the movie, she drives off, gets a little bit down the road, and then it flies off, sparks fly. Sparks fly. Which, and then she pulls off to the side of the road. He comes back. Go ahead. I have a question. Let, let's hear your thoughts on this. If you're a serial killer and you're trying to stalk people if? in the night, you've already got her to pull over. You're already getting out of your car. Why not? I mean, again, I'm not you're saying. trying to get her in the car with you. But if your goal is to kill her. I just, that's where because if you get her in the car with you, you can take her more secluded, not on the side of a highway. Right. Some of them, I get they that. Need, that they makes, need that fear, or else, or else the kills. For that nothing. makes sense. But they, it, at least in the movie, it was already a pretty secluded highway, and there didn't seem to be any in the movie. Around. But I don't think it was that secluded. Well, maybe in the not. Story, but so. I don't know. Kind of what I'm getting. But she at ends is up escaping. He's, so he's, I mean, he's he's risking it a well, lot by not just. I'm going to tell you why she escapes. The cat and mouse game. Does the cat just kill the mouse? You're very convincing. Damn right. (laughs) It's like he's one of us, but we know that he's really not. So, I'm going to tell you why here in a minute. But I want to get... I'm I'm telling you the movie version, and then I'm going to get into the the true story, so to say. So, in the movie version, she drives off down the road. Boom, tire flies off. She pulls over. He comes back. Oh, it was worse than I thought. So, you know what? It was the other tire. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm I am, oh, I'm so sorry. So she gets she gets in the heat. She agrees to get in the car with him, and and he t- tells she's going to take her to the next gas station or filling station back then, right? And yeah. the movie they drive by. She's like, "Oh, the gas station's over there," and they keep driving. And then he says, "I'm going to throw your baby out the window before I kill you." The next scene is her standing on the side of the road. She's jumped from the car. She's hidden the baby in in the field. She's flagged down a semi-truck driver. Another woman comes over there talking, yada, 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 bullshit, 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 right? So it's not too far-fetched from what actually happened. There's a few different accounts on this. One of them is, hey, not only does she have a nine-month-old baby, but she was like seven or eight months pregnant. Good God, woman. Yeah. Yeah. So, in the actual story, it is said that when she goes to drive off, she doesn't make it back onto the road. The tire falls off. She didn't make it, like, two minutes down the road, like like in the movie, or, like, a minute or whatever it was. The tire comes off almost immediately, and he comes back, like, says, says what he says. She gets in the car. Um... I guess, like, according to her, he didn't really talk too much. She just noticed they drove by a gas station. And she, and according to, like, this woman, who I would tell you her name instead of just calling her that woman, her name is Kathleen Johns. Who? Kathleen Tracy Johns. Oh, I was like, I thought you said something completely different. So, um, so... Kathleen <laughs> Kathleen Johns, right? So she says, What about my lug nuts? <laughs> my lug nuts. Malignuts. <laughs> my lug nuts. So she says that he keeps circling around just driving. Driving down She's this road back and forth <laughs> for 90 minutes. That's an hour and a half. On the Before back Before she jumps yeah. out? Outside of the town. So tracing. finally, yeah, so finally... 
she gets to this point where Some like trusting people back in the 60s man. well you also left your doors unlocked and you showed up at people's houses uninvited back then it's true you do I that still, now I you get shut so you show up at people's houses uninvited Trent that's your own you can do that these people what do you mean these people <laughs> I said he's people oh yeah. so once he gets to this this like stop at an intersection the car slows down a lot so that's when she jumps out the movie makes it sound like she's on a highway and just takes her baby and barrel rolls out I know she's still scratched up that's <laughs> yeah. what I thought happened yeah exactly I did she too just came, she just came to a four way stop and got yeah, out yeah and then jumped out I was like Ran man that was the same good so job not only does she do rolling. that but she jumps out and she goes and hides and she really does hide the baby in the field and then he, he's allegedly walking around looking for her shining a light telling her that oh, I'm not gonna hurt you if you come back in the car alright <laughs> which by the way promised. by the way this is it's, it's time for a PSA from the horror you know. Bum, bum, bum. For sure, if anybody tries to handcuff you, have you put on handcuffs, have you put on tape, have you zip tie yourself, zip tie your buddies, anybody like that approaches you, even if they have a weapon, do not do it because you are dead. At that point, you're going to die. You rush them. Yeah. It's, it's probably you not going to end well. a slightly better chance of it's, fighting it's, back it's, and living it's, than you it's, do. It may sound stupid, like, rush them. They have a gun. Are you stupid? Yeah. Like You're going to die. Like Your chances are much higher. Your, your chance goes to... If you're in public and they have a gun, give up. Give them your wallet, whatever. Right. You're on the street. No, I'm not but saying that. Yeah, but if you're by a lake like they were, yes. as soon as you are both tied up, like you said... This woman, you're, did, de- you're dead. This woman is the only hero of the story that did the right thing because she ran. She didn't. She didn't stay in the car and she hope didn't for the stick best. Stick it out and be like, well, she took no, her chances with her babies, and she survived. So there you go. PSA. The horror, you know. Well said, Mister Means. Keep going. Sorry. So, they're driving around. Come to a little little intersection. Little stop. She jumps out. Now again, she's allegedly pregnant in this story. I've heard, I heard, I've read a few different versions of what happened here, um, which I'll get into later and kind of give you the comparison. So she gets out of the car. She, she's got her baby. She runs off into the into like this little field area off to the side of the road. Uh, the man parks, gets out, comes looking for her. She does. She does hide the baby kind of in the in the tall weeds or whatever. Um, I don't know if she goes away from the baby or if she just huddled down with the baby, but I know the man is searching for her with the flashlight and he's telling her like, Hey, if you come out, I'm not going to hurt you. Just get back in the car. He looks for a minute and then he decides to give up and he turns around and he gets back in the car. He leaves. So she flags down somebody. They take her up to this gas station, which at this point is not that far away. Right. Takes her to the gas station. She goes in. She calls the police. Gives a description to the police. The police come get her. Take her back. And that is where I'm going to stop. I will pick up on this more next week. There's definitely a lot you more You left to me this. wanting more. I have a question. I know. I know you do. Do you know? Well, last question. You. Okay, I'll let you get your question in. Did, do you know in your research what the muffin the dis- man? The- yes, he lives on Drury Lane. <laughs> the muffin man. <laughs> no, the description she gave. Does it say that? I want to know how it compares. Or are you saving that for? I'm saving that okay. for next week because that's going to segue into because something. Because the movie did not get into that from what I remember. And I thought that was weird because she would have had the best look at, of him out of anybody. everybody. But the movie doesn't Except address that. Except for maybe the guy that got. So I'm going to tune in next at the week. Beginning, he well, would even have he, a decent. I would probably have a decent one. But you if she was in the car with 90 minutes. Yeah. The guy in the car. 90 minutes is a long got a time. Fleeting to glimpse and when was in fear of his life when he got shot. Yeah. She was riding around, probably minutes. talking with him 90 for 90 minutes, minutes. Seems like a lifetime. Well, she claims there wasn't much of a conversation, which well, is even what if kind you of weren't scared. So she, even if she, she was talking. saying, like, she kept asking him, like, where are you going? You keep passing the gas station. Why are you, like, why do you, why do you, you keep, where are you going? You keep passing the gas station. You keep right. looping around. And she said that he kept just, giving her excuses as to and what he was different doing. small talk yeah it's which is it so i'm gonna he tune, must be a good talker i'm gonna tune in and find out what that description is i for one cannot wait to hear the rest of this story next week well i'm sorry to tell you on this, the horror you know you're podcast. gonna have to wait at least seven days
And that's where I'm going to cut the story off. You're going to have to tune in next week to find out the rest. And trust me, I've got a lot more shit for you guys. And it's going to blow your guys' mind. It's going to blow. I can't wait to see your shit, Ian. (laughs) You're going to blow it everywhere. My mind is already blown. So his shit's amazing. If you guys have never seen any shit, yeah, you, you're you're gonna be your mind's gonna be blown. He's gonna dump your it. Your stomach on is gonna dump be it on it. emptied. So, so with that being said, like I said, man, I'm, there's a lot more to this. You took outro was, seriously. We're gonna literally, be, literally out, out of him. Outro. We're, we're I thought gonna, that was a good stopping. We'll be point. swarming it like flies next week. We can't wait. I thought that was a good stopping point be because, like nuts. I said, there's there's gonna be a there's gonna be a lot more there's gonna be a lot more to this. Shut the. F- <laughs> there's gonna be a lot more to this now. Is there gonna be a lot more to this? I just, it's I'm, very, trying to, very, I'm trying to bring their attention. It's very, very, very. <laughs> you have very, my attention. Means is the one that needs <laughs> under control over here. Usually, it's Ian that we have to control. <laughs> my how the turntables have turned. <laughs> Our. Uh, Sleepiness is getting to us over here. It's making us feel all drunk. It could be the Mickeys, too. Man. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't listen to this, man. It was one beer. It was 28 ounces. <laughs> well, I'm not denying that. It was one beer. <laughs> it still counts as one. He's got a keg. It's just one can. It's just no, one can, That's officer. right. No matter how big it is, it still counts as one. Corey's so, party ball. Um... How you guys feel about this story so far? Are you loving it? I'm liking it. Oh, I love it. the way I love the what you're telling. <laughs> what your feet is. I like eating it up. I think it's a cool story because it's creepy because he was one of the first. I wouldn't say serial killers, but he's from unsolved, one of unsolved allegedly. Yeah, it's one of the, one of the biggest unsolved crimes, serial killer crimes in history. So I. But like do you kind that. of agree with me that like? It's kind of all over the place. It really like, is. Like, it's weird that when he sends in letters, he knows all the details. Because it seems like with each crime, this is not the same person at all. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get more into that next week, We I'm will. Sure. So, Like, I was let letting me, you uh, talk, but I got a lot of questions. Of yes. And, and again, that gives us a little bit uh, more time to kind of get into it. What was that? What are you doing? Put your hand down. Spit it out, Junior. Today, Junior. I was just asking, is this part of the episode? Who knows at this point? But um, <laughs> we're gonna make it a part. I'll tell you. Let me ask you this. Let's say I have my brand new phone, and I want to protect it with a phone case. <laughs> what a segue! You what see, can I do? You go to see do such Ian Torrance thing? at the Verizon store on no. uh, Walmart. <laughs> you know, actually, that's a cell phone for, center has great options for you. They're cheap too. That's true. You can get a phone from Walmart. But what if you but want But what if you wanted to protect it with a very fancy case? And I'm talking something that's going to protect my phone and make me look pretty god darn cool while I'm doing it. Well, let me tell you, Ian, what you'll do. What if you're starting to do an infomercial <laughs> right now? You will for the next 30 days. This will be guaranteed on sale. You will go to our merch store from our, I'm assuming, Facebook page. We'll probably have it on Twitter and Instagram. We're just going to blow up the internet with it. Go on our merch store, The Horror blow You Know. The with us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Folks, my gosh. The Horror You Know merch store. We have T-shirts. We have tank tops. We have hoodies. We have wine coolers now. We have phone cases, which are beautiful. Yeah, right, we, do. Uh, we have hoodies. I've already said that. We've got gators. Well, we've got more hoodies. We got there, more hoodies. There are Don't forget versions. about those tumbler cups. We have tumbler cups. And if you're feeling romantic with your lady, some lingerie. Wait. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Personally made by me. I think I saw some tube socks on there. We'll get some on there. Oh my God. Yeah, birthday suit and tube socks. That's a look. I don't think there's anything romantic about tube socks. <laughs> we've got little like fuzzy like handcuffs and we got whips with feathers on them and <laughs> stickers and kazoos Trent you're on the wrong website <laughs> the whore you're uh, thinking of the whores you know <laughs> I keep getting my podcast mixed up sorry guys so for real though uh, go on our merch store it helps us make this podcast eventually we're gonna have some Patreon stuff extra content hopefully uh, we'll get that up one time this year that's what That'll we're looking for that will be the first the time future. you've said that this year uh no, give him the other one. That's, that's the one. That's the one. 
All right, we're out of here. That's the horror you know. We'll see you next week, guys. I have been Ian. I've been Ian. I'm still Trent. I'm always Darren. (laughs) 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 Until you're not. In the dead of night, when the moon is high, and the shadows dance, the evil will rise. Thin. So now is the time to let all